Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have the triumphant return of Kiana Thompson. This one is really important for all those massage therapists out there on the mindset we need to make it through this COVID-19 pandemic. So I'm just going to jump right into this conversation. Here we go. And so now I'm reaching out to all those people that used to be like too busy and, you know, just getting them all on here. It's great. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, there's definitely some, you know, some good to come out of all of this with everything, but just that, that is life, right? There's always a yin to the yang and all that good stuff. Yeah. So how are you holding up? I'm holding up okay, considering, you know, I mean, I'm still disappointed that, you know, the the business has to close, but completely understand why. Right. Um, But outside of that, a lot of other, like, you know, moving pieces and parts in life where, you know, it's it's that harsh reality that things don't stop moving. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That I think a lot of people realize or are starting to feel where, you know, like office rent is still due. They're not giving any relief there. And, you know, there's, there's some relief here and there, but as far as expenses go, like expenses are expenses. And so to see, um, you know, I think the most disappointing part for me was to, to feel like I did everything right. I had X amount saved up and things like that, but just to see it being constantly chipped away, it's kind of like, so, okay, <laughs> what happens yeah. at the end of the three months, you know, especially when it's like, oh my God, this is one month down. And then there was also this realization. I'm like, is that how much I burned through every month? So I hired a, a new accountant. <laughs> to say yeah. the least and I figured you know hey might as well um, make the time or, or take advantage of the time and really dive into the things that I never wanted to dive into which is like the, the finances part of the uh, business and really learning and understanding that um, that part of it especially as it's you know as it's grown over the years um, and it's kind of gotten beyond my initial you know envelope uh, system that I had going on before, you know, once you start getting to a certain range that no longer applies. And so, you know, digging into and getting my hands dirty with a lot of things that I never had the time to, or certainly didn't make the time to do before. Yeah, that's really interesting. So um, I was on somebody else's podcast yesterday and it was not so much a conversation style, but more questions, Mm -hmm. right? And so one of the questions I got is what have you learned from your business. And I'm like, here I am five years in and I learned to save fucking money. And I'm like, dang. And so I started saving money and I was like, hold on. Are you saying I can afford education courses now? Yep. Are you saying I can just give the government money? Is that what you're saying? And so, you know, I had all this money saved up. Um, and, uh, I, 
I was way past my projected quarterly payments. And so, you know, I used part of that money to uh, buy an education course, which was supposed to be May 1st through the 3rd, which isn't happening. And so that got pushed back, but I basically still have like two quarterly payments for the government still. And I still have like all this money saved up to help me stay ahead of my bills. And, you know, part of, you know, it's funny because it seems as though everything that I've been doing over the last three years has been preparing me for this. And so, you know, last year, I think I talked to you about, you know, leaving that uh, CrossFit gym was one of the most devastating things to me, but it turns out that it was only socially because um, I was able to build up this coaching practice. And so now all those coaches, all those coaching uh, clients of mine have transitioned online. So now they're paying all my base bills. So I'm just like, sweet. Yeah. So now I'm not freaking out as much as um, some of my other colleagues about, you know, not getting this stimulus check or not, you know, I just applied for the, the paycheck protection plan thing and that's just a gigantic shit show and so it's just like i'm just kind of just throwing my hands up just like everybody else be like so let's see what happens next because i'm i'm able to pay what i got and i don't have much past that so i'm not you know going out to eat as much i'm not buying those coffees as much i'm staying in a lot more i'm not spending near as much money on gas so it's it's just these were these um we're incredibly adaptable to our present situation if we choose to be, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yep. I mean, everything in life, whenever you kind of start to get a little complacent, right? Something shakes up your foundation and gets you moving again. Right. And this is a shake, man. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, so, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine um, and on the podcast just that I'm going to release here shortly, and he was like talking to me for an hour and then was like tentatively. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but there's also a low level of excitement associated with this. Like, let's see what I'm capable of. Let's see what I can do now. Let's see how my business can pivot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a good emotion to have behind it because it can kind of be twofold. You can kind of be excited about what you Um, kind of discovering what it is you're made of and what you can do and how creative you can be in this space. And it can also be kind of paralyzing where, you know, some people might feel like, you know, um, uh, what if nothing does come of this? What if I, I, I realize there's, there's a lot more for me to learn or I don't have a lot of things I feel like I could um, uh, make into uh, something that can generate an income or whatnot. Um, And so it kind of goes, it can kind of go both ways. And in life in general, I feel like we, we come to these crossroads a lot and anxiety and excitement um, kind of meet and you can kind of choose which one you, you want to invest your feelings and, and your time and energy into. And I think um, for us in, in this health, wellness and fitness space, excitement is definitely um, uh, one that takes um, precedence for me just because it's now making a lot of like hands-on manual therapists, a lot of uh, personal trainers, physical therapists um, have to look into this 2020 version of what 
healthcare is going to become, which is, um, you know, entering into this digital space and really challenging what we can and can't do in this space and, and kind of um, also challenging the limiting beliefs that we had around what we could and couldn't do, especially as we start to see other people just kind of dive in. It was like, oh, you know, a lot of massage therapists are learning, oh, we can do a virtual um, consultation. I can kind of walk you through a self-massage. I could create something. Um, I do have a lot of knowledge that I can create a, a digital product out of. And so I think a lot of people are kind of surprising themselves on how they're able to transition into something that I think if this didn't happen, they would have continued to kind of push off and just put to the back burner or just tell themselves it's not, it's not for them. Um, now that we're kind of getting into the space, like I said, um, it's kind of where healthcare is going. Um, I'm not sure about, you know, the, the medical offices that you've visited, but like doctors are now more accessible via email. They have these, you know, rolling carts with their laptops. Things are a lot faster because um, everyone's communicating on a, on a digital realm. And so to be included as a, um, you know, an alternative healthcare provider, to be able to include myself into that space um, is definitely exciting. Yeah. And that's one of those things where, um, have you been paying attention basically? So like all of these clients, no matter how long you've been coming in, a majority of the people have pretty much the same dysfunction that's causing their pain. Right? So have you been paying attention because you see these patterns all the time. So when somebody gets on and they're just like, Oh, I have neck pain. Cool. Let's check it out. I know there's three or four primary dysfunctions that cause neck pain. Let's work our way through them. Cool. It's this one. Here's how you release. Here's how you activate. And now your neck pain's gone. And they're just like, oh my God, you know? And then, so we can, we can continue that magic, but you have to understand and pay attention where all this stuff is coming from. And then just have, start to have ideas on where to release it. And so, you know, we live in this day and age where everybody has a foam roller in their house. Everybody has the cross balls or tennis balls or whatever. And so they have a myriad of different tools at their disposal. They just need us to help them learn how to use it. And which is pretty much what our um, job is anyway. We, we don't make people better. We help them get better. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and then the un unique challenges come up. I have one client who's like, man, my lower back is locked up on my left side. And I'm like, I know exactly what that is. And she's like, well, I'm getting my whole house renovated right now. So I have nothing in my house. I'm like, okay, so you have no tools. Let's figure this out. So you have to just sit there and use your brain and figure out a solution for this person. And it's just really exciting and new avenue that we can take just going into this virtual space. Yeah, it, it really is, you know, um, speaking to all my massage therapists out there is really kind of opening their eyes and getting them to kind of see the value in, uh, that they bring outside of physical touch because their knowledge of the human body is so valuable. And I think it just kind of gets watered down for some reason. Um, I too had, you know, started uh, revving up my, my coaching practice for other health uh, fitness and wellness uh, solopreneurs in that space to kind of help, you know, get really crystal clear on what type of practice they want to build that it, that aligns with their visions and their goals. Um, and also just kind of have someone that helps them be accountable um, and make some, you know, um, calculated and smart steps one after the other that leads towards their bigger, their bigger goal. And um, 
one of the the mindset things that always comes up is that feeling of like not enough, like they don't know enough. So they supplement that by taking more courses, by um, you know having more certifications, by expanding their scope because they don't feel that where they're at is enough. And this is really just kind of putting that mirror right in front of their face where it's like, yeah, you do, you know, plenty. And there's so many people out there who um, not only need and want um, what you can offer, but are willing to pay for it. And I think that's just kind of blowing the mind for a lot of people who are new to kind of entering or have been scared or resistant into entering this digital space. So this is definitely something I think is, is good uh, for the whole profession for the whole industry is, um, you know, acknowledging um, that their that their knowledge um, and their skill set is is truly valuable and appreciated and worth paying for. Right, and then just being another big part of our profession is just being present with those people. Yeah, and, you know, so then there we can't hug them, but we can listen to them, yeah. and so that's part of that too. So it's. Um, we just have all these opportunities, but nobody's going to be perfect at it. You know, all these, all these PTs and chiropractors that are all jumping online, they're, they're sucking at it too. So we might as well suck with them. Just figure it out. We just, that's how you figure stuff out. That's how you got good at your profession in the first place is by sucking. And then eventually each person. So then comes that base knowledge that I learned once I got out of massage school is if you consider the fact that you are influencing the nervous system into a parasympathetic state with whatever symptoms you have, then whatever you do with that person is going to help. You're helping them in some way. You're influencing their nervous system in some way through sensory input. And so if you just give them the base knowledge that you have and what you would be doing, then it's going to make a difference and they're going to feel better. And so you can't really screw it up yeah like if you're just if you're just telling them something something's better than nothing yeah no totally and and that's what's kind of cool about um that's one of the positive that's coming out of all of this this situation is that you know everyone's foundation got shook at the same exact time with the same amount of punch and so there's a lot more forgiveness with this learning curve um, that I think just helps people kind of accept what's going on and not feel so silly or feel so judged or be so hard on themselves or judge themselves even harder because they realize, I would hope that, you know, everyone's first time is everyone's first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a yeah. lot of people um, and it's not just the therapist, it's their their clients, their patients as well on the other end of this, on the other side of the screen where it's new for them as well. And so you're kind of coming together under this understanding that like, we're going to figure this out. One, we know we're going to get this goal resolved, but we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure it out together and we're going to do the best that we can. And just kind of having that weight lifted off your shoulders of like these expectations that we think we need to meet um, or the standard that we're trying to achieve, this, this persona that we're trying to front. Um, and now we're starting to realize, you know, we're tapping back into that humanity where, um, you know, our, our clients need us and they need us now. They don't need us to be perfect. Um, they don't need our space to look perfect. They just need us and they need us to show up. And, um, I think that's kind of where we're all starting to kind of get to, especially now that we're, we've moved past the, 
in most places, the, the one month mark of being in shelter in place. And so, you know, we've had a full four weeks, uh, a full one, one month, 30 day rotation of bills. And we're like, okay, so this isn't slowing down much. Um, right. And we all kind of have to make some moves. Um, and so it's kind of pushing us, I think, as a profession, pushing us to really um, uh, strive for more excellence, strive, strive for more of ourselves and really push for our you know, what our potentials are and exploring what that is. And in addition to that, it's also giving us time and space to explore and ask ourselves what it is that we want to do and what do we want to offer. Um, sometimes those questions, those self-questions, we, we don't give ourselves time um, and we just, we just pack our days with busyness. Um, I know I was one of those people where anything traumatic happens in my life, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, life keeps going, you know, I'll, I'll deal with that at some point. And now we're kind of forced to sit with this where, you know, these deep rooted questions where it's like, is this what I want to do? When we go back to normal, is this what I want to do in this way? Is there something else that I want to explore? Is there something, something else untapped that I didn't get a chance to, um, to test out, um, to experience is, is this in alignment with, you know, what it is I want out of life. And so a lot of people are starting to ask themselves these questions. And I think that's what's helping us kind of push through um, that potential barrier. And we're starting to realize that some of these, these belief systems, these thought process were really holding us back from so much more that, that we're now doing that we could have done a year ago, two years ago, like zoom is not that new. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a new technology. Um, and so we're, we're, I think we're evolving. Um, right. and it's, it's interesting to see how that's, how that's coming to be and what the results are so far. It's, 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 again, I think, the excitement um, uh, precedes everything. Right. And so, you know, there was, there was that obvious depression and anxiety when it first happened and everybody had it. And it was really hard because everybody on the planet had that at the same time. <laughs> and so, you know, that was pretty gnarly. But like I said, I was really excited the next day. I was like, oh man, all this shit that I've been putting off, let's get after it, you know, and I'm still, and like you said, um, in your video the other day, you don't have to be on top of everything. You don't have to be on top of anything right now. You could just sit there and just be, which is completely okay. And it took, and so, you know, I have been, I've had a couple, uh, telehealth conferences lately and it's really inspired me. And, you know, this conversation's getting me all fired up as well, because there's, you know, there's a lot of massage therapists that are out there that just don't have the mental tools to kind of jump into this space. And this is a perfect opportunity for us to fill that, you know, so yeah. um, it's, uh, and we have a lot of work to do, but this is an eye opening thing. This is such a substantial event in so many different aspects. Like, you know, it's going, you're going back to the rent thing. This system is so broken. It's so fucked. And so, yeah. you know, we're, you know, the first wave of funds that came out just really helped us understand that our government is so out of touch with who we are as Americans to think that like $1,200 will help anybody do anything is so crazy because if you're just, if you are working full time and somebody walks up to you and is like, Hey, I'm going to give you $1,200. You're like, Oh, sweet. Thank you. But if they're like, I'm going to give you $1,200 to live 
And you're like, okay, for how long? And they're like, a whole month. You're like, hmm, that's not a lot of money. You know what I mean? But yeah. just to, and you know, the, the, this latest thing with the, the paycheck, uh, whatever the PPP, whatever it is, you know, I signed up for that and then filled out my application and then got an email the next day. That's like, Oh, we actually ran out of funds. And you're like, right on. So you guys probably have no idea how many small businesses are actually part of this economy. Cool. So, and that's one of the posts that I posted on Facebook early on, like, Hey, no one is coming to help us. It's up to us to survive this thing. And the other thing that the whole point that I was trying to get to is we should have an understanding that this probably isn't the last time that this is going to happen. This might happen again. We might even have a second wave of this one. You know what I mean? So we have to prepare, be prepared to go back to work and then have another substantial, uh, event, you know, that's going to be disrupting us. Yeah. That's the reality is like, you know, now, now that it's happened and we see what, what could, this is what a pandemic looks like, right? This is what it's like to live it. Um, we have to put things in place to prepare us. And we now know like the government is not in a position to really help. It make no sense to give everybody $1,200 when, you know, us being in California, me being in the Bay area, $1,200 is completely different to someone who's in middle, middle America. Right. Um, our bills look completely different. Um, and so um, that just kind of is, is just a glimpse, a small glimpse of like how out of touch they are. Um, but going back to what you were talking about before, you know, with my post about, you know, people having this opportunity to just be, this isn't an opportunity. This is not something that's happened common. I can say has happened many times before in my life where I've had the opportunity outside of being a teenager where I didn't have financial responsibility. I didn't have to worry about shelter and things like that where I can just be and give myself permission to just be. In addition to that, you know, this is a pandemic. People are being affected. People are dying. And so one of the things that gets glossed over is how people are being affected that, that by that. So me personally, I have an aunt and uncle um, who, whose immune systems were already compromised, um, who did test positive for coronavirus, who did have to go to the hospital. And it got very real because then you have to really start thinking about, I'm like, oh shit, like you're by yourself. They're husband and wife and they can't even be in the same room together. Right. And so- right? And, and to hear the experience and to, the only communication I have is, you know, Facebook messenger or text messaging. Um, it's, it's just a, a very rude awakening of like what is going, what else is really going on and how other people are really having to deal with this. It's not just, you know, oh, I have extra time to focus on taking an extra course and all that's great. If you're not affected and, and, and it's not hitting close to home, then you're blessed because yep. there's other people where, you know, I just had a little bit of a touch with that. Thank God. Um, it, it didn't go south for them. It came very close, but these were things that as a family, we had to think about like, if it were to continue, if they have this downward spiral and one of them or both of them were to pass away, we can't even have a funeral. We have to do a digital virtual, if that, and for some people, unfortunately, who contracted the virus early on, that wasn't even an option. This is fairly new. And so, you know, and then everybody else who is indirectly affected. I have another very close family member who the day of our shelter in place um, got diagnosed with cancer. And so now she's going through 
this cancer journey for the first time, the whole family for the first time. And so to know that, you know, she has to now, you know, uh, have, you know, certain surgeries go through chemo by herself because you can't have visitors because there's all these other restrictions. It's just this trickle down effect. And it just goes to show like how much, you know, being present for one another, showing up for one another, just, you know, letting the other person know that you're there for them, like really means a lot. Um, and I think as a humanity, we're, we're, we've been kind of shook to kind of, you know, get the BS out of our face and really take a hard look at, as to what really matters to us. And um, it's, you know, it's family, it's, it's love, it's, it's closeness, it's compassion. Um, and, you know, these small things like, you know, not being able to, you know, um, see my mom for so many weeks, not being able to, to hug, you know, or to be close, you know, people's having, you know, not just birthday parties, but, you know, weddings, completely postponed or canceled altogether. And so just like these, it's just a dramatic um, effects that's happening uh, across the globe, unfortunately, for everybody. And so, you know, unfortunately for some people, it's hit a lot harder um, and I feel so deeply for them. And that's why I made that post because in the midst of all these other things we can be thinking about and could be doing, you know, just to remember that there are some people that's going through it and like, you know, hearing about, hey, it's, you know, all right, it's, it's, it's been four weeks, kind of, you know, you're trying to pick yourself up and get going. It's like, it's, it's not that easy for a lot of people out there. There's some real shit going on. And, you know, I just felt like for anybody else who needed to hear it, like I did, like, hey, it's okay it's okay to not fucking be okay right now and to feel your emotions because you're human. And it's okay to not be, you know, this beyond this hustle, beyond this grind, be this machine, um, be who I was because after this, I will be completely different because my, my personal life, my family has been affected in a very different way. And so, um, you know, to give myself that permission and, and to kind of just take a step back and see like, Hey, this is, this is what really matters. Um, you know, going forward, these are the things that we need to think about, you know, life, uh, trusts, life insurance, all those things are real conversations now. Um, because if and when it happens, you won't have the time and sometimes you won't have the resources to get it all in place. Um, you know, even, even though certain things are open, it's definitely scaled back. Like certain banks aren't open during certain times, certain days of the week, like all kinds of stuff is just, it's just different right now. And so I would hate for people to get slapped with that, that reality. Like, Hey, are, are you squared away with your insurance? Did you make sure that those payments are going through, you know, after, after that happened with my family, I took my insurance and I was like, Hey, who, who, um, why did my, my payments stop going through? Like my insurance changed on me and I, had no idea because I was in the middle of moving. I wasn't getting mail. All kinds of things happened in that four weeks for me that I was just, you know, thrown for a loop. And so I was like, you know what? It's okay for me to just sit here and be like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, and that's, and that's funny because like, you know, for the most part, I think that, um, you know, I keep, I tell everybody this, like jujitsu has really helped me through this whole thing because, you know, it started making its appearance in January and that's when the conversation first started to kind of come to America. And that's when people really started to talk to me about it. And so people are like, what do you think? I'm like, I have no idea. You know, like every single day it started to progress. And then, so I saw this meme that had John Luke Picard, like sitting in his captain's chair and at the bottom, it just says damage report. And then it's like, this is me every day. Like when I wake up, let's see what's going on. So, you know, and my wife is a, a CV ICU nurse. And so everybody kept saying, hey, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, hey, when my wife gets worried, I'll get worried. 
And so we got shut down on um, officially on the 16th of March. And then, which was a Thursday, I think. Um, I don't know. It's a lot's happened since then. Um, <laughs> but yeah. then I, I very distinctly remember the next Tuesday, my wife went to work and she called me up on our lunch break and she's like, don't go outside. Don't talk to anyone. Don't breathe. Don't do anything. And I'm like, okay, it's real. Roger that. So, you know, um, but then going back to the jujitsu analogy, we're just taking this day by day and we're focusing on what we can do in that moment. Because if you focus on the choke, then you're going to get arm barred or vice versa. Right. And so like every day is a new day and it's, and sometimes you're just sitting there thinking about the implications of this. Like this morning I was yelling at my roommate about the government running out of money to potentially fund all these small businesses. And I'm like, this is so fucked. And then, you know, but then, you know, just allowing yourself, like you said, to, to have those feelings and to be shitty because it's, you're allowed to be shitty. You know, like there's, I go, I'll probably go like three nights with getting really good sleep and then I'll have one night where I'm just, just action packed full of anxiety and I can't sleep, you know, because we got like, fortunately the rent for our facility got pushed back until May. And, but now they're just like, Hey, sign up for this paycheck thing. And we're just like, so you're not going to push it back to June because we can't pay rent. You know what I mean? We're we're not going to pay rent on something that's not providing us an income. And so then you got to think that everybody around us is in the same boat. So who's going to move in there? You know what I mean? But then you got to think that that's how they're making their living too. Right. And it's a, just such a, this is so crazy. And so me staying in the moment and focusing on what I can do, but then just having these periods of just going, this is the craziest thing that has ever happened. Ever. You know, and like going back to what you said, just how it affects my family. Like my dad has, has had heart problems. He's 75 years old. He's completely at risk. I had like, you know, I go months without seeing him and you know, he stopped in probably mid February and I haven't seen him since then. And I'm probably not going to be able to see him till God knows when, like we have no idea how this works. You know what I mean? So then it's like one of those things where you're just like, oh shit. So when this is over, I should probably see my dad more often. You know what I mean? And so like the really stuff, the stuff that's really important is when you talk to these people that are at risk, make sure that you tell them you love them before the conversation is over because it's more important now than ever. You know what I mean? And like this, and you know, that's the thing that my wife was saying about this thing is like, it is so screwed up that like I am the only person that can be around these people as they pass on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, so then there's all these conspiracy theorists that I just want to punch in the head. I'm like, you guys aren't seeing people die in front of you. You know what I mean? You're just out there living your best life with your hoarded toilet paper being an asshole. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it's God, it's so weird. It's so bad. It is. 
And, you know, and people don't even know like what these nurses and physicians and you know other healthcare workers are going through. Like after talking to my aunt, I'm like, it's a it's a full, you know, it's a full production to go in and out of the room. So they're not yeah. even going in unless they really have to. So even that interaction is is minimized. Right. You know, and it's it it, it just blows me away. And it's just it's so sad and it, I feel so helpless at the same time, you know. Um, and it, I just feel for everybody who's in worse positions and are, you know, currently, you know, dealing with the loss or losing somebody uh, to this, to the coronavirus in this, in this time or anybody else who's just kind of going through it. And because of a COVID-19, the coronavirus, all these other protocols, you know, they're being affected by it, whether that's cancer treatments or, you know, having to delay, you know, elective procedures, things like that, you know, and it's, it's so ironic because I, I sent a newsletter out at first when, when we first had the shelter in place to my clients. And I was like, you know, of all the times to get a massage, this is the time to get, to really need and get a massage and yeah. you can't get one, you know? Um, so, so yeah. weird. And then, you know, I keep, I keep telling everybody, I feel like a non-player character in a movie You know <laughs> what I mean? where I'm just standing around waiting for something to happen. Um, you know, and then all the, going back to like the supply thing, you know, like those, those rubber gloves, like I use those all the time and I'm out and I just need some, you know, and we had an event with my dog the other night where he threw up like from 2.30 AM to 5.30 AM. And I just had like no gloves to clean it up. I was just like, oh, this is so much worse. Yeah. And, and so I went to Sam's club and like right when they opened to try and see if I could find some. And there was a hundred people in line. And I'm like, this is so crazy. Yeah. This is so crazy. I was just standing there. We're all like six feet apart. Everybody had masks on. And I'm just looking at this line that's going around the building to just buy toilet paper. And you're just like, man, if everybody just would stop freaking out, understand that most of the time when you need toilet paper, it's there and just go get some. Don't yeah. buy all of it. You know what I mean? What is the, and everybody's there for toilet paper because everybody else is freaking out. It's that one kid in kindergarten that's keeping you from going to recess all the time. You're like, come on, bro, let's get it together. Get it together, you know? man. <laughs> Jeez. And so yeah. it's, uh, and then, you know, there's the other thing like trying to figure out how to stay fit during this whole thing because just the act of going to the gym prepares you for fitness but just the act of being home prepares you for not that and so that's really hard for me to you know it's a just a complete and total disruption is the great way to say it and and just um having people understand that we have been comfortable for so long and we've had it so good and it's this is a big reality check in a lot of different arenas. Yeah, it really is. And to know that, you know, when we go back, there's definitely going to be some things in place. Like you said, like you typically use gloves in your session. You know, I usually will always just have gloves, masks, hand sanitizer. That's just part of what you have in a massage clinic. And, you know, we donated those. And so like when we go back, I was like, crap, am I going to be able to restock? You know, because I gave all mine away. Um, but, um, you know, I was even looking into like, you know, what this might look like for our profession. Like, Hey, are we going to have to wear, you know, scrubs? Am I going to have to forego, 
a blanket for a beach towel, something that can be changed with every client, you know, like, um, how is this going to affect our, our industry? Um, when it comes to like some of these protocols, like, you know, are, are we going to have to, you know, take our clients temperatures and things like that. And, you know, at what point are they going to allow us to, to go back and under, under what conditions and, and who, who is going to be the one that, that's, um, oversees that, that states what these are. Cause it's, I hope to God, it's not anyone in the white house because <laughs> well, they, they don't know what's going on. Well, even speaking of people that don't know what's going on, my local massage board is a bunch of freaking oh. jack wagons. Oh my God. <laughs> Just getting my license renewed last year. I was like, are you guys, what are you doing? Like, do you understand where you work? Like, do you understand what your job is? Like I went, I made my payment three days late because they changed protocols without telling me or anybody, you know what I mean? So similar to like you paying your, your insurance bill, right? Same thing. They're just like, Oh, we changed it. Like, cool. Are you going to tell me or what happened? And then, you know, so then I make my payment and then I look and a month later I'm still not licensed. So I call him and they're like, Oh, sometimes it takes a while. I'm like, okay. And then I call him two months later and I'm still not licensed. And I'm like, okay, this is a problem. So then I call him like three times a day, have it scheduled out. I send them multiple emails updating it. They get a hold of me two months after that. Wow. And they're like, you owe us a late fee. I'm like, cool. Tell me three months ago. This is insane. And you got to fill out this application of renewal and you got to, you know, if you guys were just on top of your job, this wouldn't have been a problem. And so now they're going to try and regulate however many thousands of massage therapists at the same time because they can't figure out paperwork. Come on, this is insane. And so that's one of the things that you, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like we have to be prepared for this disruption again. We have to be prepared for people to be completely paranoid. We ourselves should be. Um, and we need to, it's going to change the way our practice looks. And that's part of that anxiety is we don't really know how or why yet. You know what I mean? And so we won't know until we get back in there. But when do we get back in? That's the shrug shoulders. I don't know. I don't know. When do we get back in? Who knows? Like I'm planning on June, maybe. Yeah. And so, and it's, uh, you know, every time I think of that, there's just more anxiety that goes shooting through me. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, um, it's God, what a crazy world this is right now. And so just trying to be in the moment, I think is going to be the best way to navigate this going forward. Once we're allowed to go back in, you know what I mean? Because it's a, God, what a crazy, this is so crazy. <laughs> it is. And, and that's why, you know, it's important to set some time aside um, to really, you know, hone into your, your, your true wants and desires. And as a practitioner, really tap into the type of practice that you want, not one that you kind of fell into, not one that you were just used to having, not one that you had because that's just how things were. If you can create anything, if there was nothing in your way, what would that look like? And start to play around and get creative around that idea. Um, that's something I work with my, my coaching clients on, um, especially now that we've, you know, we're in 
we're in this, you know, unprecedented times where, you know, it's hard to kind of foresee what to plan for. However, you know, being able to shape what it is that we want, having an idea of like what, um, what we want to come back to and then always that way we have something when, when we have to course correct, we know which direction we're steering into here. Um, and it's still going to be in alignment to what really kind of sets us on fire, what really gets us excited. Um, and something that, you know, we've only fathomed in, in daydreaming. And, and so now that we've kind of, you know, put all that in the back burner and, and kind of, you know, uh, preparing ourselves to walk into a whole new world, one that we can um, design ourselves, really questioning and sitting with yourselves on what does that look like? Um, and how does that, how does that play out or how does that serve your current clientele or, um, future clientele or, 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 um, um, customers or patients, um, and, and, and getting back to, you know, building a practice, um, that serves us as a therapist first, you know, we can't, um, provide if, if we're on an empty stomach, if our glasses are not full. And so, you know, having an idea of the, you know, what we want to create, what we want to contribute, how we want to elevate our profession is a question that we should all um, kind of carve some time out for during all this and get really clear on, you know, what we want to bring to the table, how we're going to kind of um, charge for it, how we're going to lead our practice when we get back to this. Um, and, and that kind of just, you know, it takes the weight of the world off of our shoulders of like what it is right now, what we think we might have to do. Um, it's kind of like, okay, well, if I did have to do that, then, you know, I would use, um, I would use oversized towels instead of a blanket, you know, easy peasy. I tell people all the time when it comes to anxiety and worry, sometimes we really just need to play that scenario all the way through. Yeah. Um, not just leave things kind of just hanging or lurking in the background, really play it all the way through and really face what these, um, these obstacles are just so that you can see like, you know, what the solution is going to be um, and, and how you feel about that. Um, and then that way you can kind of, you know, pivot, make changes as they kind of come, come about. But that way, you know, we're still, like I said, we're still working towards whatever that vision, that ideal practice that you want to have. Um, we can still make that happen um, because it really just comes down to how you want to be of service um, to the clients that you treat. Um, how you treat them is going to be completely up to you. And, and now that you, a lot of us have this option of including um, a digital platform or going into the digital space now, we might not have to be so reliant on going into an office and treating people in person as we were once used to. So that will open up a whole other door right there too. Yeah. Um, not only that, but in this time, in this space, you know, people are starting to get back to who they are. It's kind of like when you, when you, um, break up with someone and you kind of, you kind of have to get back to you, you know, yeah. sometimes we forget we had hobbies. We forgot, you know, like, oh yeah, I, you know, I was interested in reflexology. You know, I am, I am still really interested in expanding my scope into personal training. And now they have the time to kind of dabble in that and really see like, Hey, am I, am I going to be able to, you know, follow this all the way through? Is my interest still there? Or did it kind of fall off? And did I get distracted with something else, you know, um, something else piqued my interest. And so we're going to be able to kind of experiment, play around and reshape what this looks like. And I'm hoping um, that if enough, enough of us does this, we're going to really, um, uh, set a whole new tone for body work, for um, alternative medicine, for alternative practitioners in general. Um, 
And I think uh, that's what's going to be a big part in, in the healing that it is going to take place after this. Yeah, and that's such a good point. And so I had that, I had that thought probably three days into um, staying at home. Like we are going to start all over. So if you could start all over, what would you do different? Because this is your opportunity, right? And so another point that a friend of mine, Sean Kitzman, who's also a massage therapist, uh, brought up is we are starting over. So, so is the rest of the country. And so is a majority of your clientele. So this is a really, this is going to be one of those opportunities where we're going to have to check our egos a little bit because our, um, our time in doesn't matter. Our education level doesn't matter. Our skill level doesn't matter. We're starting over. And so we might have like, so I'm contemplating doing like a sliding scale type of payment uh, system instead of, you know, just charging what I used to charge because people won't be able to afford that for the most part. You know what I mean? A lot of my clients are out of work right now. So what can you, you know, we have to go back to some type of barter system because we do need to survive, but we also need to understand that if we want people to come and see us, they need to be able to afford that. And so what can you afford today? 65? Cool. Let's do that. Oh, can you afford 85? Cool. Let's do that. And they'll just kind of have a range for a while until you get settled in too, because I think that's going to be really important as well. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that you can play around with and test out um, something. Like I said, these are things that have to align with you, especially when it comes to pricing. Um, every, every coaching client of mine knows like it really has to start with, you know, what you feel is appropriate because I can't get you to sell um, your services at a certain rate if you're not behind it. Yeah. Right. And so you can, you know, use that to gauge like, Hey, where's the average at? Um, and then you also will have to, at some point, take a look at if you want to continue accommodating people who can't afford your services. Um, and what you can do for people who can, we also don't want to put out there our, or project our own limiting beliefs onto other people and kind of assume what they can and can't afford. I, I, I am going to, you know, kind of say that, you know, I will be going back into practice when we're allowed to, um, you know, uh, assuming that there's going to be some clients that won't be able to keep those appointments because I, I'm booked out in ahead, ahead of time that won't be able to keep their appointments because their whole lives have just changed. You know, the yeah. whole situation has just changed, but I do have a good amount of people where they haven't missed the beat. Um, and that a lot of that is going to be because of where I am. I yep. am in my office is in San Bruno which is an, an exit away from um, SFO. And so I am in biotech hub. You name um, an online company, it's here uh, yeah. for the most part. And so there's a lot of clientele where, you know, because biotech technology in general really hasn't been hit too hard a lot. I have a lot of clients who are, you know, working from home, but nonetheless still working um, yeah. and still definitely making what they've been making. Um, and so, um, I, I don't, I, I certainly don't want to, um, uh, devalue what I bring, but I do understand where you're coming from. We're like, Hey, if, if I was in a more rural area where, you know, certain industries were prominent and those entire industries got shut down, I'm going to have to rethink a lot of those things. So if you're in that situation, uh, something like what you propose, like a sliding scale would be a good way to kind of, you know, be able to accommodate clients who, 
um, can't afford the services at the time, but still want to see you and then vice versa. There's going to be a lot of clients who you still want to see, who you still want to hold on to. And so you're going to kind of, you know, bend and, and um, create something that is, uh, that you can come to a consensus to that you can both mutually feel is, is a value. And so that's right. a, that's an excellent um, suggestion for those of you who, you know, might be on the fence on what to do. It's a sliding scale. I kind of feel like we're kind of going back to basics. Like you said, bartering, Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, save I mean, money, like back to the basics of things. Like one of the clients that I had, one of the last clients that I worked on um, tipped me with paper towels, which is great because I was out of paper towels. And I'm just like, this is insane. You know what I mean? It's just so weird. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's more like, you know, you're, it's, it's just kind of giving people what they need, not necessarily how you value it. Right. Um, because, you know, we're all going to value things differently. But if someone's in need of something and you have that something, hey, there's there's business that can be made. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I think with what we do, especially in body work, we have uh, we, we're kind of in this this unique space to take advantage of something like bartering. And we're also in this unique space where um, uh, alternative options right now, especially going into digital space, won't completely um, uh, replace what we do. Nothing will replace physical touch. Right. Um, and, and so there's some safety, uh, if you will, in, in that arena as well. And so there, there will always be that. When we're allowed to go back to it, it will always be that. But in the meantime, you know, getting back to that is when you can kind of um, play around with your creativity. Um, and also, I think one of the, the main things a lot of us should be doing is, you know, reaching out and communicating with our community. If you have a practice, you should be in touch with your clients and checking in on them. I have clients who I know are, you know, elderly or I know, you know, don't have, um, don't have loved ones around because of the shelter in place um, and checking in on them, just like a well-being check. And then also, you know, checking in on with them about what they could, what they need. Like a lot of them still work. And so they have neck and shoulder pain. Maybe there's on social media, a certain video that you can put out. Um, maybe there's some literature that you can put out a blog post that you can write that addresses these things, standing in contact and communicating with them and seeing what it is that they need. And then providing that is always a good, a good um, place to start if you haven't already. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Man, see, this is why I needed to get you on. We just like <laughs> just start punching people. This is what you need. Boom, boom. You got it. Right. So. I mean, because it's so easy to kind of just be in our own world. It's. I mean, like you said, like it's so weird. Like we're just in our home. Like I've never enjoyed my home so much. Right. Like, like one of my essential runs was like I need gardening shit because my God, I need. <laughs> yeah. I've never gardened before, but we're about to because I need to. I need space for my mental well being. I need to be outside and right. I want to be able to enjoy it and not feel creeped out by whatever other creepy college out there. So I want to kind of clean this up or whatnot. And so, um, like you said, jujitsu, my God, I, I miss jujitsu so much. It's so different trying to do it from home. And I, you know, commend my gym for, you know, uh, leading from the front and, and having these, these calls. But let me tell you, if you're not prepared, like, like we had just moved in two weeks before the shutdown to this new place and, you know, to do jujitsu drills on hardwood floors is just not the business, my man. Yeah, I don't yeah. have a dummy. I had to use a pillow. And let me just tell you right now, that pillow has yet to recover yeah. from the drills that I did with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. It's so, so fucking weird times right now, man. It is. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, 
my, I discovered recently that my brain needs a goal in order for me to be fit, right? Like I need something to work towards. So, you know, um, I'm pretty unfit right now because I just, you know, I kind of gave up competing. Um, and so I decided to sign up for like a 5k run. You know what I mean? Like I've done the jujitsu tournaments. I've done the CrossFit competitions. I'm just kind of, I need something new that's going to drive me. And so I signed up for a 5k run. The whole world falls apart. 5k run gets canceled. And I'm like, well, I'll just continue running. And then it starts snowing and then it starts raining. And I'm like, are you, what is happening? You know what I mean? I just want to be fitter. Yeah. <laughs> and the weather's just like, nah, we're not doing that. And I'm, I'm not like one of the, um, one of the, I, the few people that I worked on before I had to hang it up was, um, a, uh, a running team from Bend, Oregon, and they get paid to run. And so they're out there running in the rain and in the snow. I don't get paid to run. I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a Listen, fair anybody runner. listening want to pay us to run? <laughs> yeah, I'll run. Depending on that amount, we might just start doing it. <laughs> I know not fast, but I will run. <laughs> but I, I will you know, my arms so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys won't even see them, but my legs, totally trackable so it's a you know so that's a thing that i'm really trying to uh get back into now because i don't know when another race is going to happen i don't know what's going on you know well that's what's interesting right a lot of this like is forcing us to really look at and learn relearn ourselves right like so for for us like we're so used to kind of being told what to do we got so used to being into this routine where it's like okay on these days i trained you to here and da 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 where now i'm starting to learn like if i have to train at home if i need to work out at home there's certain workouts that just work for me and there's certain times of days or a certain time of the day that works better for me. So right. like my gym will do a lot of like the, the boxing, the fit camp type of stuff. The jujitsu classes more in the evenings, kind of like what was most popular when we were all going to the gym. But me personally, I do better working out in the day. I like a fasted workout. I just feel more slim when I do it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I have taken, I'm like, okay, well, I'll take the recording of that class and I'll just do it in the morning. Or I'll look up certain workouts and I'll find that like, oh, more simple like wads that I can do, no weights type of stuff. Like I like those and I'll just do as many rounds as possible for a certain duration of time. And that seems to work best for me. Like I'm not huge on cardio when it comes to like running, but I will walk. I will yeah. walk up a hill. You know, I'll do some <laughs> cycling. You know what I'm saying? But uh, uh, and let me let me put this out there. I'm not either. And so <laughs> the reason why I chose running is because it's incredibly difficult, and I'm uh, I suck yeah. so bad at it. You know what I mean? Just my capacity for suffering is so high, except for running. Like I've I've done a half marathon on a rowing machine before. You know, I've done. You know, when I was in shape for uh, jujitsu, I did uh, 24 minute rounds with a minute rest in between and a new guy every round. You know, I grew up riding a BMX bike so I can ride my Peloton bike all day. But the, the, the one, minute, one minute into running, I'm like, my calves hurt. Whew, this is hard. I can't breathe. Ugh, I got a headache. I don't know what I'm doing. This I is so, blood. Am I swinging my arm? <laughs> it's just like. I just jump right off the cliff. And so that's something that I wanted to do. 
because I suck so bad at it. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, it's, uh, and so now without that goal, without that 5K that I'm training for, it's going to be even more difficult to get me to get my running shoes on every day. You know what I mean? And like you said, there's like this, this sweet spot for me seems to be like the middle of the afternoon to work out like because I, I i get all fired up yeah i'm gonna get on that peloton bike first thing in the morning i'm just gonna it's gonna feel great and then i get up and i get my coffee and i'm like ah, i'm gonna sit on the couch it's fine you know what I mean? <laughs> and then you know fuck that and, bike <laughs> and, then, and then in the middle of the day like that's when okay you know that's my that's my time and yeah. then you know and so i gotta start working my schedule around that because that's when i've been sk- scheduling a lot of my uh online coaching and that's when i've been scheduled scheduling a lot of podcasts but then after i get done with those then i'm like mm, that bike i don't know i don't know about that thing i'm probably gonna have a snack <laughs> you know what i mean so it's a it's a hard balance and that's one of those things like you said we have to and that's something that i've been really searching for in myself for a long time is that determination that i used to have for fitness because I've lost it and this is a perfect opportunity to find it you know it is and like I said I'm like you know it's one of these things where it's like you know we're we're not used to managing if you don't have a business a lot of people aren't used to managing like a 24-hour day most people are trained and conditioned to manage a nine-to-five we know when to eat when to take lunch um, when to call it quits when to have dinner when to work out around that time frame but when you have 24 hours you have to look at like when is your zone of genius you know popping in for you. If it's the afternoon, like that's when you want to do podcasts. That's when you feel like working out. So it's like, so why make yourself do it in the morning when this is part of what what I'm talking about with my, my coaching clients. Like when you go back into this new world and we have this ideal practice, instead of trying to have hours that captures, you know, other people's availability, when are you at your best? Let's not schedule you to have a client at eight, nine in the morning if you can't open your eyes and, and speak a full sentence until 11 a.m. Right. And that's when you need to start your day. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like kind of like create this world that works around you and the best version of you so that you can shine, so that you don't feel like it's so heavy um, to, to push through the world. Like why make it harder for yourself, especially at this time where it's like, you know, I'll get up uh, 5 a.m. I'll have all these ideas. I'm like, so why don't I get up at that time, jot my notes, go back to sleep or whatnot, lounge around um, until it's, a, you know, the sun starts coming up and then, you know, then I'll get my workout in. Then I'll have my, then I'll have my breakfast and then I'll BS a little bit more and then I'll spend two hours, you know, um, working on some digital stuff. I'll spend a couple hours reading and then I'm done for the day. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. my schedule because I was like, F all that. Forget all these other norms of what everyone else is doing. Forget looking at people on social media. Everyone's selling some sort of course. You have to get back to like what it is that you want to do and really ask yourself these questions and find the answer, the true answer, not the answer you think you're supposed to have or the answer you would have had if I asked this two months ago. What is the answer right now? And be really honest with yourself because going forward, this is our opportunity to to manifest this outside world that that reflects and 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 kind of accommodates the best version of us right boom boom yeah because and that's the funny thing and then we'll (laughs) i'll let you go conquer your day um but you know when i was in massage school they kept saying multiple times you have to work nine to five monday through friday you have to and i was like do i though so what you're saying is 
I only work when other people are working. That doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? So like you said, if you start your day at 11 and then finish your day at eight, great. Because then you're accommodating more people even. You know what I mean? Because if you have children, if you have other things, if you want to, you know, go to that jujitsu class in the afternoon, then you can work nine to 1030 and then go home, shower, change, hit up the jujitsu class, go back home, shower, change, eat, and then finish off the day with clients. If that's what what works for you, there's no one saying you can't. It's just this conditioning. Like yeah. it's, since we were kindergarten, since we were five, we're like, this is what time you get up. This is what time you eat. This is what, regardless of what actually our body wants. Right. <laughs> right? We're, we're forcing it. So stop the resisting, get out of your own way, ask yourself the hard questions, get to the real truth and start working from there. Kiana, I like your style. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> All right. So we're going to leave it there because that was fire. Um, oh, man, thanks. So, uh, yeah, where can people find you and, you know, just all that stuff. So let's get it, let's get it out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am still, um, taking online coaching clients, so you can find me, um, Kiana Thompson coaching. Um, right now I have my, um, scheduling pl- page set up. So that's Kiana Thompson coaching, um, dot AS dot M E for acuity scheduling. Um, you can also find me on social media at Body Realm Center. Um, I'm most active on Instagram, but you can also find me on Facebook. And then, of course, on our website, BodyRealmCenter.com. Perfect. All right, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I appreciate you. Dude, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, really. Absolutely. We'll talk again soon. Yeah, we will. All right. All right see you, buddy.